Good morning to all our listeners. Thank you for joining us once again for our online service. This morning I'm going to be speaking on the importance of leading ourselves. We are living in a day and an age where we don't see many good examples of leadership, yet we need people to be leading like we've never needed it before. Certainly in the life of the local church, in our families, in our workplaces, and with God's people, we need strong, good, godly leadership. You may be saying to yourself that I'm not a leader. I want to say to you that if you're a child of God, you are a leader in some way or another. Because you carry the name of Christian, people are looking at you to see how you live your life. Does your life live up to the name Christian? You are responsible where you are for setting a good, godly example for people to follow. So, yes, you are a leader. One thing I'm realizing more and more is the need for us to actually lead our own life first. Leadership starts with your life. If you can't lead your own life, you can never lead others successfully. I'm convinced that one of the most important leadership principles is self-leadership. Longevity is essential for a testimony of the faithfulness of God, but we tend to underplay it. We see many start out well, do great things, big things for Jesus, but at the end of the day, they bomb out. They somehow lose their way. Our character is assessed by the question of how long, how long you've been doing what you are doing. It's not just about whether we've started, but whether we've also finished. When we look at what Paul reflects on at the end of his life in the scriptures, you find it often very different to what we see as important. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 6 to 8, it says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the day of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all those who have loved his appearing. See, Paul doesn't reflect on how many churches he has planted, how many regions he's visited, how many nations he's preached in, or even how many letters he's written. You never find Paul reflecting on these things in any of his letters. The things we often regard as the most important are things Paul doesn't even bring into the question. Rather, he goes back to this. I fought the good fight, I finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And that should make us think about our own lives. While there is such a thing as godly ambition, and we need to pursue the things God has called us to do, too often we reflect on the things that don't even matter at the expense of what really matters most. I want this said of me, and I'm sure you want it said of you as well. He finished the race. Not only he survived. Too many are just wanting to survive. But Paul didn't survive, he thrived. He was walking in all that God had for him. And then he finished, never losing his faith. And if he can do it, so can we. I want to ask you, are you settled in your call? And this is a question we've got to keep on asking ourselves. 
are we settled in our call? This is vital for us to finish our race and to finish it strong. If we have settled in the call that God has given us, we are going to be able to really help others and not be intimidated bringing them through and never losing our way, burning out, trying to be someone that God hasn't called us to be. I'd like you to ask yourself these questions. Am I doing what I should be doing? Am I who I should be? Am I not trying to be someone else? Am I rather trying to be who God has made me to be? And the last one is, am I where I should be? You see, self-leadership determines everything about our longevity. Too many of us are trying to make our ministries great. But if your life is in the right place and you are living it correctly, your ministry will flow out of your life and you will stay on course. Paul speaking to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 verse 16, Paul says this, Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. You must watch your life and doctrine, not only your doctrine, but also your life. Too many people have poor doctrine and their lives are a mess. And then they want to try and teach and lead others. But it's not going to work. A tree is known by its fruit. We can become so good at watching everyone else's doctrine and their lives. But actually, we need to first watch our own lives. Watch ourselves. And this is because it's your life from where your ministry flows out of. In Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 27, we see this. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eye look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to your paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. This quote from Proverbs provides us some insight into how to watch our lives. Here we see that we ought to guard our heart, watch our words, watch our eyes, watch our feet, and be careful where we go and what we are moving in. And so this morning, the first thing I'd like us to focus on is in the area of our relationships. And so we'll start off with leading your relationships. When it comes to leading ourselves, the first thing we must look at is our relationships. Everything we are involved in is relational. The gospel from Genesis right through to Revelation is all about relationship. And Jesus came to this earth to restore our relationship with the Father. That's why he went to the cross and died and why he rose again. God has made us relational beings and that's why it has been so difficult during this lockdown, because we want to be around people. And so that's made our relationships very difficult. And I know for many of you, your relationships have been strained. 
But it amazes me how many people, even in the church, who have terrible relationships. We've got to watch our relationships to be able to lead our personal lives well. And so, here are the relationships you as a child of God, or as a leader, should be leading in. And the first one is your relationship with God. Our most important relationship is our relationship with God. We all know this, but yet our general practices seem to show otherwise. And so here are a few things to consider. How is your relationship with God? At the end of the day, we are responsible for our own relationship with the Lord. We often fall into a trap where we uh, where our relationship with God is based on our next meeting or involvement in ministry, the work we do for the Lord. And this can't be. We have to lead in this area of our relationship with God. Do you still long for God? In Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2, we read, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Does this psalm still echo in your heart? Is God still your number one priority? Do you long for a long time with Him? Or do you live on stolen moments? These are good questions to pause and to think about. Do you realize that your walk with the Lord determines all of your other relationships? And that's why this is so important. You cannot have a good relationship with God and be a jerk to everybody else. If you're being a jerk to others, the trouble is your relationship with God. And you better stop lying to yourself that things are going well and sort your relationship with God out. If your relationship is right with God, you will find your relationship with people working out. This is a clear principle throughout Scripture. No one can help you in your relationship with God. Two weeks ago, I mentioned that I felt that in some areas, I'd not done as well as I could have in equipping you, the saints of God, to be able to stand and to be able to stand strong. And a friend of mine reminded me that even after all that Jesus taught his disciples, Peter still did not get who Jesus really was until near the end of Jesus' life here on earth. And Judas betrayed him, even after the best teaching, coming from the best teacher. People can encourage you and challenge you and teach you, but at the end of the day, you are responsible with your relationship with God. Ultimately, it's up to you how much time you give Him, the priority of that time, your involvement with God, how much you pursue God. All that is up to you. No one can force you to do it. Are you longing for more? In Philippians 3, verse 8 and 9 from the New Living Translation, Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Does this verse also echo in your heart? Are you learning more about Christ in your walk and enjoying the journey you have with Jesus? 
We cannot overlook these things. Our ministry will flow from our relationship with the Lord. A lot of what we are involved in is because of our direct relationship with God. Let it flow and spend time with Him. Enjoy the Father. Enjoy Father God. This amazing relationship we're called to have. We're not called to a relationship of ministry, but with God. And our ministry will flow out of that relationship. The second one is your relationship with your spouse. In reality, your relationship with your wife determines much more than you probably realize. God is a restoring God. Yes, that's true. But we cannot minister to the world if we are not able to lead our own spouse. If you are not married, I want to say to you, be careful who you marry. But if you are married, you need to ask, how is your relationship with your spouse? We are equal in our call and in our ministry. In Genesis 1 verse 27, also from the New Living Translation, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God said that it wasn't good for man to be alone. So he put Adam to sleep and took out one of Adam's ribs and formed his spouse, Eve. He didn't take something from the head above him or from the foot under him, but from Adam's side. And this, for me, speaks of equality. We are equal, men and women, equal in God's economy, equal in dignity, equal in the effects of the curse. Both men and women get old. We are equal in destiny, but different in our, in our responsibilities. Sorry, we're different in our responsibilities. Today, men are trying to be like women, and women are trying to be like men. But God created us to be different, and we ought to celebrate those things that make us different. God's creation is beautiful, so let's celebrate it. Our spouse, I want to say, is not our ministry. God gave man a call, and he gave him a helper to fulfill that call. The Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. There is nothing in scripture that shows our spouses are our ministry. Rather, we are called to fulfill a ministry in the kingdom together. Our spouses don't serve us. They help us serve God and the call that he has given us. And then thirdly, I want to ask you, how is your relationship with your children? That is, if you have children, we need to encourage our children, speak life over them. And involve them in what we are doing. As parents, you need to be wise about bringing your children to meetings. Because you are setting them up for victory or for failure. Let me use this for an example. If your church is having a prayer meeting and you don't bring your children, you're telling your children, even at an early age, that prayer is not important. But if you bring them... They see the need and understand the value of prayer. And they will carry that value because you lived accordingly. And they saw you live accordingly. And it wasn't just a matter of you telling them. 
that you live that way. They see you living that way. This isn't legalism. It's just doing the prophetic thing prophetically. Thinking about the future, their future, and living accordingly. So I want to say it's important to speak love over your children. We need to be affectionate to our children. I love my children, and I want to show them that I love them. I encourage them and tell them I'm proud of them for no particular reason at all, except for the fact that they are my children. They don't have to do anything amazing for me to be proud of them. I'm proud of them because they're my children. They hear so many negative things on a daily basis. And our cultures across the earth speak so much negativity over them. But we must encourage them and speak life over them. God has entrusted us to lead our children well, to be examples to them, and be a good godly example to them. Again, like our spouses, children are not our ministry. And this is clear from Scripture. Children are a blessing from God, but they are not our ministry. God knows what we've been called to, and he knows what we need. And our children are part of our ministry, but they don't become our ministry. And then fourthly and lastly, your relationship with others. How are you doing in these first three relationships with God, with your spouse, and with your children? These three relationships will express and form how your relationships with others will be. It's healthy and good to have relationships with friends and even people outside of your church and ministry. And again, I'd like you to ask yourself these questions. Do you have people around you? Do you have friends? Are you accountable to people around you? Do you allow people to get close to you? Do you allow them to speak into your life? For your own good, you ought to have friends that you can trust, who you can submit to. Allow them to speak into your life. Friends who, can be vulnerable, friends who you can be vulnerable with. This is not just for your spouse to do, but it's good to have godly friends of the same sex who can speak into your life and encourage you, help you to see your blind spots. Do you have a friendship like this? Are you growing in your friendship? Are you learning about yourself through your friendship, through that relationship? What about your relationship with the leadership team that you are involved in? What about your relationship with the local church you're involved in? What about your relationship with other churches and other pastors and other ministers or at your workplace? All of these are vital and strategic. Our relationships determine a whole lot more about our ministry. We cannot have a history of broken relationships all over the world and think we are doing the will of God. While it's true that some might not walk the journey with us, we must be contending for our friendships and our relationships and understand that God is a God of relationships. So as you lead yourself, give attention to your relationships. And in closing, I would like you to ask yourself these questions. 
What's going well in my relationship with God? What's not going so well? And then fix it. What's going well in my marriage? What's not going so well in my marriage? Then fix it. What's going well in my relationship with my children and my family life? What is good? What's not so good in my family life? Then fix it. What's going well in my relationship with those I consider friends? What's not going so well with him? And fix it. We must give attention to these things because they will determine whether and how we finish the race that God has called us to. And like I said earlier, I'm sure you want to finish this race strong, just like Paul did. And that's the prayer of my heart is that we will finish strong, that our relationship with the Lord will be on solid footing and it will be strong. Can I pray for us? Father, I pray for each and every one of us, those that are listening this morning, and for myself too, that Father, we will have a good relationship with you. Because we know that from that relationship, all other relationships flow. And if our relationship with you is not in a good place, then our relationship in these other areas are also not going to be in a good place. So, Father, I pray that you help us in our relationship with you to have a good, godly, firm relationship, one that is based on our love for you, Father, not out of a duty, but out of a love for you. We thank you for this awesome day that you've given us. I pray your blessing on all those that are listening to this message this morning. And I pray that you go with us, that you be with us, and that you protect us. In the name of Jesus, I ask this. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.